The Yesterday and Today podcast is a fan-made, not-for-profit, just-for-fun compilation of chronological source materials as they pertain to the Beatles. The show is in no way affiliated with Apple Corps, nor any organization connected to John, Paul, George, or Ringo in any way, though we do consider ourselves premier members of the Bungalow Bill fan club. So kick back, turn off your mind, relax, and download the stream. We hope you will enjoy the show. Yesterday and Today, 1972, Part 2. In this episode, we will cover February 6th through February 18th. On February 8th... The official Beatles fan club is disbanded. Beatle fans finally closed up headquarters for the original Beatle fan club. A general letter has been sent out to all the club members, and it reads as follows. This may come as a bit of a shock to you all, but the fan club is winding up within the next few weeks. There are many reasons why, the main one being that there are no Beatles group anymore, and we have carried on as long as we possibly could under this name. Please do not write anymore, as we have lots of mail to reply to before closing, and it will be impossible for us to deal with more mail. Thank you all for your support. Best wishes, Frida Kelly, Official National Secretary. Also on Tuesday, February 8th, Paul McCartney decided that the time has come to take his band Wings on tour. Rejecting the glitz, glamour and luxuries that go along with being a global superstar, he swapped the private jet for a van. Paul and Linda, the band, wives, girlfriends, children and even pets, climb into a caravan and head onto the motorway, stopping at whichever university town takes their fancy. So we, we went on the road. Boy, did we go on the road. I mean, well, because the thing is, you know, normally you go on the road, at least you book hotels. You know, anyone books hotels. But we decided to really just busk the whole thing. Their musical instruments, along with two roadies, follow in a van. There was a, a U-Haul following behind with the with The, <laughs> the roadies. Yeah. The roadies. We drove north off the M1 until we got near Nottingham, a place called Ashby de la Zouche. We said, that sounds pretty good. Let's see if there's a university around here ask some students if they want us to play for them at all. And we literally turned up at university. First stop, the East Midlands. So we turned up at Nottingham University was the first one. The van pulled up here at Nottingham University on the evening of the 8th of February 1972. And we said, uh, in fact, we didn't. I didn't say anything. I stayed in the van. <laughs> Couldn't handle it. And so began the most surreal 24 hours in the life of the student union's social secretary. Elaine Woodhams was the social secretary at Nottingham University. That particular evening, I was here in the bar, uh, having a drink with a, a few people, when I was approached. I was approached by a guy who said, oh, well, I'm with Paul McCartney's new band, Wings, uh, and we're doing a, an impromptu tour, and we're looking for, for places to do gigs. Are you interested? I thought, well... 
you know, this is too good a chance to miss if it's true. So I said, yeah, of course we're interested. Uh, one of the lads, one of the, uh, Ian Horn actually went in and said, uh, well, you know, I've got Paul McCartney out in the van. I mean, do you want him on the lunchtime tomorrow? And the students, you know, piss off, you know, get out of here. <laughs> really? Uh, he said, OK, well, you need to come outside and talk to the boss about it. You know, I need to come out in the van to sort of check. Who should be sitting in the driving seat at Paul McCartney? There he was. What were you thinking at that point? Uh, thank goodness I made the decision to come out and talk to him, otherwise... Uh, it wasn't a joke. Have, I would have missed a fantastic opportunity. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we love him. Elaine and the band agreed that they'd play the following lunchtime in the Portland Ballroom on the campus. So we played uh, that next lunch hour. 50p on the door, reasonable. gig was the hottest ticket in town. Now, chemistry student Dudley George managed to bag himself one, and also Jean Troy, who was studying sociology and was a real Beatles fan. Jean, what are your memories of that lunchtime? Well, my main memory of this was this is absolutely amazing seeing Paul McCartney, because um, most girls of my age did like the Beatles, and a lot of us really adored Paul McCartney, so this was amazing. Denny Lane. And the, the audience would be the students, and they would just be there, come and see you. They wouldn't believe it's going to be Paul McCartney in you know, their house. Dudley George? It was a family do. It was very much a family do. I mean, they had the kids here, so it was, it was more like a kind of family day out. Did you feel that you were watching a piece of history in the making? 
the biggest group in the world had been the Beatles mm. for all our conscious time. So it was a, it was a historic event. It had to be. Wings guitarist Henry McCulloch. You know, they would have come to see Paul McCartney, new band or no new band, you know, and that's the way it is, you know.
It was quite funny because we didn't know that many numbers. We were a very uh, new band. And I think we had something like 11 numbers. The university tube was like a bunch of kids being let loose on a trolley or something. You know, you can go anywhere you want, but uh, you have to stop here. Sing a song and on your way. We're used to it, actually, because we travel around a lot with the kids and the dogs. For instance, today when we leave here, we'll just get in the van and we'll pick up a map. After the show, the band packed up and traveled up the motorway to the next town. They found their way to Leeds University on February 10th, but immediately pulled away due to learning of advanced publicity. Apparently word spread yesterday evening from Nottingham University's staff. They are still in disbelief that McCartney had traveled there to play their university. After pulling out of Leeds, Paul drives 30 miles up the road to York and gets booked at a dining hall at Goodrick College in Heslington, York. The same stunned reaction happened in York when the student union was asked if Paul McCartney can play. Once again, Wings lead guitarist Henry McCulloch. And whoever it was concerned to, to come down to check in the band to make sure that we were telling the truth that Paul McCartney's new band was sitting outside, you know. It was not just a band, but almost like a family. Yeah, that's the way it... Uh, I mean, he was the, the focal point of the whole thing, you know. The student union agrees and the band sets up and gets ready for their second gig.
After the show, the band packed up and got ready to go. At the end of the night, Wings drummer Denny Sywell. The kid from the student union would show up with the money box, and he'd get in the van with us, and we'd get the money out. One for you, one for you, one for you. We had these, like, wads of one-pound notes. It was, it was cool. Stop at the fish and chip uh, place where you get fish and chips. Some house out in the country, you know. Cheese sandwiches, a little bit of darts. Get back in the van and go to the night. It was really a, probably the most fun, fun tour I've ever done in my life. The next morning, the band made a one-hour journey northward to Hull on February the 11th. Once again, Denny Sywell. Wives, kids, dogs in the, in the transit van. Ian and Trevor in the, uh, in the bigger van with the gear. Just set out, find a place to play and play that night. Locating Hull University, it was Rody Ian again to ask the student union if Paul McCartney can play that evening. Uh, do you have a place we could have a, a dance or a concert tonight? You know, student union or mess hall or anything? And they said, well, I don't know. He said, we got Paul McCartney out there. He goes, yeah, right. He said, come here. Drag him out to the Paul. Paul would go, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. So the first tour, the kids uh, got to see us for 75 pence couple hours after we showed up. Then we'd go find a hotel while they were like, Ian and Trevor were setting up the gear, hang a few posters around the campus, and we'd go find a hotel, come back, not even a sound check, we'd just come back and do the show. We had no sound check, no rehearsal, no nothing. We had to go on cold, you know. And we had crap PAs, you know, like it was like a rented, everything was like, but it was fun.
What's he doing with his old lady up there, you know? Quite a gutsy thing to do, really, because she didn't have the experience that you had. It was a very gutsy thing to do. She had courage to do it. Mm. Once or twice, we thought, oh, my God, what have we bitten off? She didn't go around saying, I'm a great singer. Wings rhythm guitarist, Denny Lane. You know, she knew that, you know, she was going to be knocked for the right reasons. There were a lot of times she didn't get it right. And, and also the fact that, you know, well, well, what's a woman doing in a band who's not been a musician all her life? There are no rules, really, you know. Drummer Denny Sywell speaks about Linda's presence in the band. She was there because he needed her there. I think eventually she wanted to be there and she grew into it. But, you know, when trying to pick out parts on the piano and sing in tune and all of the horrible stuff that, you know, yeah, she didn't have like a perfect pitch voice where she could sing these parts correctly all of the time and she wasn't a trained musician but she had it in her heart she knew what was good and bad and you know Paul always would double her vocals and try to to bring them in, into pitch as much she was there for him you know more than for anything after Hull the band packed up and journeyed to Newcastle upon Tyne which was two to three hours east on February 12th. They took the day off while Paul makes a live appearance with DJ Kid Jensen of Radio Luxembourg. Kid Jensen! Hello, I'm Kid Jensen. Where he vents his frustration to the BBC banning his soon-to-be-released record, Give Ireland Back to the Irish.
On Sunday, February 13th, Wings play Newcastle University. Unfortunately, the show doesn't go quite as smoothly as the opening concert at Nottingham. This show's opening number is Wildlife. The band is ready, and Paul counts in, and Linda suffers an attack of stage fright. Newcastle City Hall. We'd like to do something that can wildlife. One, two, three. One, two, three. Nothing. Just silence. I sort of... I looked around, and Linda's going... It's like... <laughs> so, so I go over, I walk over, and then I go, and I can't remember the bloody things. I've got, ah, well, this time the audience rolling, They're loving it. <laughs> and then suddenly she remembered them. One, two, three, down, we went into it.
first half definitely the tour was full of sheer panic but it uh, it meant that there was a good camaraderie and it was building the relationships between all the people in the band the next day february 14th the band headed west and stopped at lancaster university we turn up as like with the previous university venues the roadies got out to ask if they would like to have paul mccartney play this evening at their university They'd charge them 50 pence, which is like half of a dollar. And the, the audience would be the students. One more song. We Gotta do it. Let's get out there and do it, you know. It was as much a pleasure to play Long Tall Sally with Paul as what it would have been watching him, you know. We'd only just got to the point where we could play as a band, you know, simply and get good grooves. I was nervous first half, definitely. While Paul and his new band Wings packed up and moved on to the next university destination, in New York, John Lennon and Yoko Ono were guests for the week. 
on the American TV talk and variety show, The Mike Douglas Show. Welcome to The Mike Douglas Show. This is John Lennon. I'm Yoko Ono, where Mike's co-host is me. And with us on today's show will be Louis Nye, Ralph Nader, the Chamber Brothers, Joe Parnell and the band. And now here's Mike. I'm really excited about this week. I was in, uh, I was in Boston last night, and uh, I had what they call a press conference. And when I mentioned the fact that I was about to begin a week with the two people I'm going to introduce, pencils were dropping, and, and it turned into about an hour session on just talking about these people. They're, they're not only superstars, but they're really super people. I, I met uh, the distaff side of this combination uh, a few weeks ago and I met uh, this gentleman for the first time this morning and they're, and they're two very warm human beings and I know that you're going to enjoy meeting them and getting to know them a little bit better so ladies and gentlemen welcome with us uh, by the way uh, the song I just sang is is written by this gentleman who's coming out right now I wanted to tell you that here is John Lennon and Yoko Ono Sing yesterday, which is Paul's song on the saying, here he wrote it, but I wrote the middle eight to Michelle, so we're you okay. wrote the middle eight? You yeah, but well, sometimes you write different bits, you know. Uh -huh. That's usually the toughest part of a song, actually, what they call the release. Well, the yeah, because once you get the first inspiration, then you get stuck. Mm -hmm. I think we pinched it from a Nina Simone song. Though. Some people only remember middle eight, you know, songs. That's true.
John and Yoko performed with Elephant's Memory for the first time in public. John Lennon and the Plastic Ono Elephant's Memory Band, Stan Bronstein on sax, Gary Von Skyox on bass, Adam Ippolito on keyboards, Rick Frank on drums, Wayne Tex Gabriel on lead guitar, and Yoko Ono on occasional vocals and percussion. The next day... Welcome to the Mike Douglas Show. This is John Lennon. And Yoko Ono. We're Mike's co-host this week, and with us on today's show will be... Dear Surgeon General Dr. Jesse Starkle. Jerry Rubin. Barbara Loden. Yellow Pearl. Joe Harnell on the band. Now here's Mike. She, the young lady, is an avant-garde singer, an artist. She's a she's a, a, a filmmaker. He is an accomplished songwriter, a singer, and now also a filmmaker. They are also husband and wife, and they are my co-hosts for this entire week. Greet John Lennon and Yoko Ono. Thoroughly, I thoroughly enjoyed yesterday's show. Oh, we did, did too. You? We did, oh, too. I we would just like to say, you know, we, we sometimes get very nervous doing these things, and uh, it's a very relaxing show. It's, you That's made it. us very relaxed. Thank you. Thank so you. Nice. forgot to mention Dr. Jesse Steinfeld is going to be with us, and oh, also yes. two young people that yes. I'm interested in meeting. Yes, the uh, Yellow Pearls. Yellow Pearls, yes. yeah. And uh, I wanted Chris to... Chris and Joanna, that's it. Uh, we're going to spend a day talking, one of the shows, talking about the Beatles, but uh, will the Beatles ever, for any reason, for a charity reason, or anything, yeah. ever perform together again? Let's say there's, uh, there's no reason why they never should do it again, but there's also no reason why they should. Uh, like, anything's possible, and uh, just to get it straight once and for all, we're not all at each other's throats. When there's court cases, it gets, you know, when lawyers get involved, it looks vicious and it gets in the paper. But uh, I talked to Paul about once a week. He called me two days ago to say he'd just been to dinner with Ringo and he was just going to dinner with George. And I said, well, you better catch George because he's on his way over here and then he's going to Bangladesh, you know? And we're having a quite normal relationship. Then you know what but musically, each other is we, up we, to. Musically, we feel as though we can express ourselves better as individuals, that's all, you know? And mm -hmm. it came to a head and we're all friends, you know? But we just, you never know what's going to happen in the future, but uh, when you were I with, can't see it. You know? When you were with the Beatles, you, you didn't express yourself politically at all, did you? Well, let's say uh, it was a slow development, but uh, on our first tour, there was a, a, a sort of unspoken thing that uh, Mr. Epstein was preventing us talking about the Vietnam War. And on, before we came back the second time to America, George and I said to him, we don't go unless we answer that question, what we feel about the war. Because you were being asked about it. Because mm -hmm. we have been asked yeah. about it all the time. It was just silly, and we had to pretend to be like, you know, in the old days when artists weren't meant to say anything about anything. And we couldn't carry through, so uh, we couldn't help ourselves. You know, things would come out, even though there was an unspoken policy not to say anything. But we spoke our minds after that, you know. And also the Beatles were really a social event, you know. It was a fantastic oh. thing that we changed the society in a way. In that sense, it was political, I think. I think something like that comes along once about every 20 or 30 years. Well, I thought it was 10, because there was 10 years mm -hmm. between us and Elvis. 
And there was ten between him and Johnny Ray. I'm not saying anything demeaning about Elvis, but but I don't I haven't seen anything as big as the Beatles. I mean, I don't know. Well, maybe I'm still an Elvis fan. I think he's pretty damn big, you know. Oh yes, I'll say, and worldwide. Yeah, right. I mean, he's he's like the Coca-Cola of singers, right? I, I never. Well, yeah, I guess you know, so. Yes. I suppose the Beatles are like. And that he has surprised too. everyone because I remember when he happened, uh, all the critics were saying it would be an overnight thing that in a year nobody would ever hear of him. And you know, the reviews of our of second people. record was below par Beatles. This was in England before we'd even made it here. They were already saying you're on your way out. This is on our second record. So I mean, any they've been saying rock and roll was dead since it began, you know, mm-hmm. it'll never die, like jazz, it's like the people that said jazz is immoral or jazz is dead, you know, that, it's, a, it's a certain form of music, it'll go on and on forever. Look up in the morning, my hands cold in fear, amidst our manure, your hands taken care of, my heart, my hands, my legs, my mind, everything I touch, shaking, 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 shaking. day. Welcome to the Mike Douglas Show. This is John Lennon. And Yoko Ono. We're Mike's co-host this week, and with us on today's show will be my hero, Chuck Berry. Director of Peace Corps, Joseph Blatchford. 
Hillary Redleaf. David Rosenblum. Johan L. And the band. And now, here's Mike. You're a marvelous audience, and you can come here anytime you like, so long as you have a ticket. <laughs> My co-hosts this week have been called media nomads because they have expressed themselves artistically and in various mediums, and they are going to express themselves here right now musically. So welcome, please, John Lennon and his wife, Yoko Ono. John, as we were saying earlier, yeah. although you had this admiration for Chuck yeah. for this many years, yeah. today was the first actual meeting. I met him, yeah. I think he's the greatest. I really love him. It's Let's an honor to be here backing him. That's very lovely. You want to handle this introduction? Yeah. If you were to try, to try and give rock and roll another name, you might call it Chuck Berry, right? In the 1950s, the whole generation worshipped his music, and when you see him perform today, past and present all come together, and the message is, hail, hail, rock and roll, right on. Here he is, Chuck Berry.
really got the white hands right, right? <laughs> Did you really invent rock? You invented rock and roll, didn't you? Well, I say, I'll answer for him, he did. He's one of the all-time I've heard more yeah. people, before I ever met you, Chuck, I, you're, you know, your reputation precedes you wherever you are. You know, rock and roll, you said mention rock and roll. It's named rock and roll, but gee, some of our ancestors, some of the people before me, the people that uh, intrigued me with music were Louis Jordan and T-Bone Walker and uh, Freddie Slack, these people that I heard, Glenn Miller, uh, I should never forget the, the beats they had in, you know, yeah. and the big bands. And they're the ones that really put the spirit You here, made some right? record with big bands, right? Uh, what? Yeah, I, I used to do that number. What was it called? Uh, I was going to find that woman. You're going to find... Well, I thought... You remember you had a big band? I know everything yeah. that he did. I know everything. everything do you remember what, which one you did with the big band that he's talking about? Uh, there was Ray Banks. I'm going to find that woman. Uh, I got to find um, my baby. Yeah. yeah. But that was a blues I it in the light. Dun, dun, yeah. John said your yeah. music had a message. Do you think it did? It is I, a message. Really, I really try to make it. I really... I can't sing a song, Oh, baby, oh, oh, baby, don't go. Don't go because you know I love you so. I mean, mm. it's understood. Yeah. <laughs> but he was writing good lyrics and, and intelligent lyrics in the 50s when people were singing, Oh, baby, I love you so. And it was people like him that influenced our generation to try and make sense out of the songs rather than just say, Do our daddy, you know? I don't know if the viewers out there realize this, but this is a first. Chuck Berry and John Lennon appearing together. In fact, they met only this afternoon. You know, I can never, this is hit, a first I can never shake this guy's hand. Let's do it again.
the next day's episode. Welcome to the Mike Dickers Show. This is John Lennon. And Yoko Ono. We're Mike's co-host this week. And with us on today's show will be... Vivian Reed. Ace Trucking Company. Bobby Seale. Marsha Martin. Donald Williams. Joe Harnell and the band. And, and now, now, here's Mike. Mike. Hello, hello. Hello, is the mic on? Imagine there's no heaven It's easy if you try No hell below us Above us only sky Imagine all the Someday 
The Last Day's Episode. Welcome to the Mike Devers Show. This is John Lennon. And Yoko Ono. We're Mike's co-hosts. And with us on today's show will be... George Carlin. Dr. Gary E. Schwartz. Rina Uvilla. Joe Harnell and the band. And now, here's Mike. Thank you, my co-hosts. My co-hosts this week are really involved. They're all tuned in to the vibrations of the world. It's been an education all of this week, finding out about the many interests they have, and uh, today we'll... We'll try to find out some more of them for you. Here are John Lennon and Yoko Ono. You've both been interviewed many, many times on, on many different shows, and not just in our country, but all over the world, yeah. virtually all over the world. Have you ever been asked a question that you just didn't want to answer? Mm, not really, no. I guess uh, there's, some, there's someone you hear them about a hundred times that you think... I don't want to answer it. But then you think, well, if this person still doesn't know the answer to that question, the least I can do is give them the answer, you know. The reason I brought up the questions and whether you had ever been asked a question that you could never answer, we thought it would be very, very interesting since we have many, many young people who are big fans in the audience to allow the audience to ask questions of you. I see a hand way in the back, the very last row. Do you see it on the right-hand side? Would you speak up, please? Were you in your oh, Will you and your band be going on tour in the near future? Uh, we, we both, we, we'd like to. It really, we have to get permission to work here, you know? Every time, we, like, if we do this show, we have to, we ask for permission to work. We'd really like to get on the road again. It really well, depends on the... That. You only have to do that every few months, don't you? Something like that, yeah. For a, something like a tour, we'd have to apply for a kind of special visa or something. Are you so planning we have to, to do that, John? We, you... We'd like to, if, it, if it's all right with the people in the visa what are your, office. What are your immediate plans when you leave here? Uh, recover. <laughs> <laughs> now, are you going to stay in the country? Or are you going to uh, stay yeah. in New York a while? Yes, uh, we, we hope to stay here for a, a little longer, yeah. Okay. We love it here, in fact. Uh, way in the back again, on that side, please. What was the biggest record, hit record you made? The biggest of all your hit records. Which oh. one? Um, I really me, don't yeah, know. It could yeah, be probably yeah. something like, I want to hold your hand if she loves you. I, I can't... It was one that you don't expect. I really don't know which one is. I've forgotten offhand. There's one we always thought, oh, it must be yesterday, or it must be this one. But it, uh, which one was it? Something like, she loves you, I want to hold your hand, I think. Well, I imagine would be bigger. <laughs> yeah, it's a fair, well, hello. I, there was something in the, in the Philadelphia paper here, which I, which I, can I get in on this? Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's Mike Douglas. This, this is interesting, yeah. because I wrote this down. The quote is, Yoko is a quiet, sweet girl in public, all right. Oh, that's But at home with John, it's kvetch, kvetch, kvetch. <laughs> now, that means, that means nag, that word. That, that story is a lunatic story. I thought it must have come. <laughs> uh, let, let me, give it me. It's incredible, the saying. The saying about, this is one of those stories, I thought it must have come from the Holly National Enquirer or something. It says things like, it says, it's a, it has a, it's supposed to be the inside story. It was from the... Los Angeles child. Yoko wanted, it says, Yoko wanted to call the Beatles Yoko's husband and his three side men. <laughs> George wanted to call it, uh, what is it? Uh, where is it? Uh, this is George oh, pleaded. the Mahatma, George pleaded the band rename itself the Mahatma Gandhi Memorial Quartet. 
fucking idiot. I mean, this is in the normal paper, man. This is no fan mag, and it's complete lies. Where do they come from? Not one quote or, or anything in this fantasy. is based fantasy. on any kind really? of truth. It's complete fantasy did written this, by these Dan Karlinski and Edwin Goodgold. Did they interview you, John? No, they never met us in our lives. Special Inquirer, Los Angeles Times, reprinted in the Philadelphia paper. And it's got a picture of the Queen, and it says... And it says they <laughs> rang us in England, and we've been here for three months, you know. I mean, just complete <laughs> lies, man. I don't know what these people think they're I doing. Admit, I could, so they must be short of a book, you know. But you yeah. didn't say that. Glad you mentioned yeah. it. You didn't say kvetch, kvetch, kvetch. Kvetch, kvetch, kvetch. That's me that's kvetching. <laughs> <laughs> Young man right here, the first row. I'd like to know if you've heard the new McCartney album, and if so, how'd you like it? The Wings one? Yeah. I quite enjoy some of it, yeah. You know, I think it's... Uh, I know it's very hard to, you know, uh, listen you to your like friend. It? How did you like it? Not much. Some of it's all right. I thought it was getting better. Some of it wasn't as good, and some was better. I think, think he's going in the right direction. You think he's getting better? You think he's getting it back? I right. think he has to. Gentlemen he's got kids. it there somewhere. Against the wall, right there. <laughs> On your Imagine album, why did you write How Do You Sleep? Uh, why? Know, excuse me. I don't know why? if the viewers can hear yeah. that. On the Imagine album, how, how did you write? Or why, why did, did I you write, write How Do You Sleep? How Do You Sleep? Yeah. Is that yeah. what he said? All right. Uh, why did I write it? Well, I don't have a reason for writing. It's a beautiful song. It's a, it's a good song. Like, uh, the Elephant's Memory Good was playing with me. He said, we must do it. And I said, we can't do it, because they all only think of it as being in reference to Paul, where we think of it as a good guitar solo. And I was answering a few uh, little messages that Paul sent to me on RAM, you see. <laughs> Which, only I publish my lyrics, you see. He doesn't, so you have to listen dead yeah, but hard. But artistically and uh, musically, I it's think a good song. if you listen to it, it's a beautiful song. A little what? Vindictive. Vindictive. Well, it's, a, it's an answer, you know. Paul, Paul uh, personally doesn't feel as though I, I insulted him or anything, because I had dinner with him last week. They were quite friends, happy. you know, and they were swearing at each other. If I can't, uh, if I can't uh, have a fight with my best friend, I don't know who I can have a fight is, with. Is he know. your best friend, Paul? I guess uh, in the male sex, he, he, he was. I don't know about now, mm -hmm. because I don't see much of him, you know? You probably have been seeing many people creeping around with cameras all week taking pictures but and one of them belongs to us <laughs> the rest of them are just people taking oh yeah you'll love them too these are pictures that have been taken throughout the five shows oh, I like this bit. to John and Yoko all my thanks for being my co-host I'd like to say this week with you was really the most it's been a joy and pleasure the moments really flew I'll have this week to treasure in my memories of you I'd like to thank my many friends for being so helpful It's been a happy week I know I'll never forget I hope it isn't very long before the moment when We have another chance to do it again to thank my many friends for being so helpful it's been a happy week i know i'll never forget so once again before we meet you all a fond adieu it's really been a pleasure 
My thanks to the Rena Uberler, Dr. Gary Schwartz, and George Connor. Promotional fee paid by National Airlines. Barbara and her friends invite you to fly the only DC-10 to Florida this winter. Fly Barbara and her friends. Automobiles and promotional fee paid by Chevrolet. Featuring the 72 Monte Carlo, America's most attainable luxury car. Beautifully quiet, quietly beautiful, more refined than 72. Guests of the Mike Douglas Show stay at Philadelphia's Warwick Hotel. Coming up in a moment, McCartney plays politics, and Ringo is ready to boogaloo after this. Ringo up front again with another ambitious project, directing the life and talented times of newfound friend Mark Bolin for the film Born to Boogie. Bolin was fast becoming Britain's rising superstar with his monster group T-Rex and certainly supported Ringo's bid for another hit tune with Back Off Boogaloo. Next on Yesterday on Today. For more information or to contact the show, visit yesterdayandtodaypodcast.wordpress.com or email at yesterdayandtodaypodcast at gmail.com. Also visit at yesterdaypod on Twitter and search Yesterday and Today Podcast on Facebook. See you next time. I'm Paul Kaminsky. I'm James Kaminsky. And I'm Wayne Kaminsky. And we bring you the Kaminsky family of podcasts Yesterday and Today and the Third Men podcast. You might know me from one of those dumb voices I do, or my dad (laughs) from his better show than ours. (laughs) Wow. And we're here to tell you about some cool merchandise you can pick up for the show's As we mentioned in each episode, we do not in any way profit from these shows whatsoever, but to break even on some expenses, we have put up some cool merch that you can pick up to help support the show. Yes, some fun apparel, things you can put on yourself. Are we going to be selling Marks and Spence underwear? (laughs) Don't worry, we will. You can head to our social media pages, that's facebook.com slash yesterdayandtodaypodcast or facebook.com slash thirdmen, or you could head to society Six. Dot com slash Kaminsky Family Podcast. That's society, the number six, dot com slash K-A-M-I-N-S-K-I Family Podcasts. Yeah, keep our lights on. I'm in the dark. <laughs> Dad, any words of wisdom? Hello? The lights just went out. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we need your help. <laughs> Buy stuff. Perhaps a coffee mug that you can enjoy a beverage out of while listening to our shows. And if you haven't got yours, please send forth in and get a free one. All right. Thank you, Dad. All right, we'll see you on the podcast, folks. Bye. It's audio. You can't see me.